right, welcome back to the Creative Studio Academy. My name is Josh Rivers, your host, and I have today with me Brad Clayton, and he is a fairly new podcaster, and I was talking with him a couple weeks ago, just talking to him about some of the different things with his own podcast, and in the process of that, uh, he was sharing some of the different struggles that he was having as a new podcaster, and... He was saying that he would like to be able to share some of those things in a podcast. And I mentioned what I was doing with this podcast. And so he thought it was a great idea to come on. And so, uh, Brad, thank you for joining us today. No, thank you. I'm, I'm very, uh, very grateful to be here. We'll dive in even more into uh, your podcast. Um, but why don't you go ahead and uh, kind of jump back a little bit and tell us uh, why you decided that you wanted to start a podcast and uh, we'll go from there. Perfect. Yeah. It's, um, I guess I'll start in January of this year in 2015. And I was at that point in time, I was really seeking to do something different. You know, I, I've been, for lack of a better term, I mean, I've been in sales my entire life. And I've been seeking to completely go out on my own and no longer work for somebody. And, and you might wonder, well, why are you podcasting? <laughs> but um, I was introduced by a coworker to some of the bigger names in podcasting, uh, Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas, Tim Ferriss. And I was familiar with podcasting, of course, and I had listened to a few, but I never really explored it. And so as I started really for the first time, really concentrating and listening to uh, several of the of the big podcasters out there, I immediately fell in love with it. And I thought, wow, I want to do that. And, and so it was just over the course of really, I, my original intent was to launch in March of this year. And through my learning process, actually ended up launching just a few weeks ago at the end of May. All right. So, so what were some of the first steps that you took? So you mentioned that you were kind of introduced to John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn. And so they, they, they are a couple of people that were influential in, um, in some of the things I'm doing in podcasting too. And so they came after I started podcasting, but, um, but anyway, so, so what were some of the first steps that you actually took once you decided that this is what you want to try to pursue? Well, great question. You know, I'm I'm a researcher, and so there there are lo- there's a lot of content out there. And so once I had made that decision, where I said I'm going into podcasting, I I, I want to do this. Um, the probably the biggest help initially was downloading John Lee Dumas's free book on how to podcast, and he made it sound really easy. <laughs> and, and it's it's not that it's complicated. But as I, as I started getting into it, and he has this 15-step book and, and process, and I imagine many have gone through this, and you start realizing all the tiny little things that, that aren't shared, that you kind of have to figure out. And that's, that was really kind of my big aha during that period of time, is that you know when you initially you have this topic that you want to do, um, the easy part is thinking, well, I, I know... You know, I know that I know the topic that I want to talk about. I know the market that I want to, you know, to really um, go after. Coming up with an avatar 
an ideal listener is very, very important. And I went through that exercise. And then ultimately, um, figuring out the equipment part, that's where I started struggling. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of details. And uh, I'm reminded of a of a saying of uh, someone the lines of death by a thousand paper cuts. Um, and mm-hmm. sometimes when you're, when you're when you start getting started with podcasting, it can definitely seem that way because of all the little intricacies. And so, um, yeah, the yeah, all the different tech and equipment um, that can definitely get uh, people tripped up. Um, and actually, a lot of people, they start seeing all the different technical things and it scares them away from doing podcasting. So I congratulate you on um, getting past that part and uh, going ahead and podcasting anyway. And so um, was there something in particular that was difficult or, or maybe just mentally difficult for you regarding the equipment? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll kind of segue into that, you know, in order to answer that question. It's it's one thing when you, I mean, the, the excitement level of physically doing this, what you and I are doing right now, right? That's that's what you think. You think, I want to get into podcasting and all I have to do is have a, have a directed conversation and just be genuinely curious of whatever topic you might, you know, you might want to explore. That's honestly the easiest part. Um. I did, there, there's a lot of, it, it's kind of like uh, buying a car, right? There's not just one car out there. Uh, and it's the same thing with podcasting. It really depends on what your goals are. Hmm. You can get into podcasting very inexpensively and you can, you can spend 20 bucks on a headset, plug it into your computer and off you go. You can spend a little bit more. I found that the ATR2100 microphone that John Lee Dumas, is, that he recommended, is outstanding, by the way, especially for the price. Amazingly outstanding. And then there's the, you know, kind of the, the all-in serious level. And so after doing a lot of research, I ended up going through, it's called BSW uh, Broadcast Supply. I can't remember the W, but BSW USA. And they have a podcaster's package. And so um, after doing the research, uh, the way that I'm set up is I have a Heil PR40 mic. I have a, a preamp that my uh, main mic is, is hooked into. And then that preamp is hooked into a 12-channel mixer. I use a Behringer. And then that's hooked into, um, I think it's called an M-Box. Is the, is, it has input and output. And then that's hooked into my laptop. So <laughs> it's a lot more complicated. And then not being an audio guy, uh, and I guess most podcasters aren't, right? But when you really start kind of peeling back the layers and recognize the amount of work that it takes just to get good quality sound, that's where the learning process is. And so a lot of my struggles were really centered around not only being set up correctly, but understanding how to get good sound and understanding sound in general. I, I, had, I honestly had no idea. And that was the big wake-up call um, to see how much really goes into that. And it's, it's not that it's overly difficult to understand. It's just it's something so completely new that you, you really have to throw yourself into it and say, okay, I'm committed to this. And I, now I've got I've to learn how to do all of this because it's so important. Well, I'm definitely glad you were um, 
trying to focus on getting good quality audio. Uh, there's a lot of podcasters that they just want to jump in and they just want to record anything and get it out there. They're not quite as concerned about the audio quality and um, listening to a lot of different podcasts about podcasting, um, people that have been podcasting for a long time back five, five, ten years ago, um, as podcasting was kind of just starting to get some traction. Um, that was something that could be um, acceptable because there wasn't as many good options for podcasters. I mean, talking into the um, mic on the laptop was considered okay because it's what you had. Right. Um, but now there's just so many things, as you mentioned. I mean, there's so many different packages, so many different options. And um, even in between um, the three different options you mentioned, uh, between the almost free and then the ATR level and then the uh, getting a higher end mic with preamps and um, and and the mixers and all those different things. There's a lot of different levels in between as well. And so there's a lot of different options that a podcaster can take. And a lot of them could actually give some really good sound um, if they just take the a little bit of time to be able to learn it and to be able to focus on that. So I, I definitely appreciate your um, attention to be able to do that early on. Uh, to be able to try to nail that down. Yeah, because if you think about it, you know, unless you go to my website, you don't know what I look like or what you look like, right? But th- our voice is the only thing that we have. And try listening to a podcast where you have all these annoying sound artifacts, all these, you know, a- extemporaneous sounds that shouldn't be in there. It gets annoying after a while, right? And then there's also the difference between really the the money that you spend is it, to get that richer sound voice that right and and so that's where it makes sense to say you know what i'm, I'm going to do the research and i'm going to get the setup number one that i can afford but number two that that really makes my voice sound um you know the way that i want it to sound because it's the only thing we have as podcasters yeah exactly exactly now um when i was talking to you uh before uh we're, you're talking about the audio um I uh, we I was kind of reviewing some of your first episodes, and uh, you had, at least so far I think you've done all of your interviews um, in person, um, which can really add a really good um, connection between you and the guest, uh, which is which is really cool. Um, but in the um, and in, in you learning, you can you can see the progression that you've made in the interviews that you've done. Um, and so I, I definitely see that, that you're learning, you're, you're recording it, you're doing it, you're getting out there and you're doing, you're trying to do the best you can with what you got and your quality has been gradually improving Thank you. through, through the different things. And so the, the most recent, um, interview, I think it was episode five. Um, yeah, the, the quality was, was a whole lot better than the the first one that you had done where there was a lot of extra room noise and different things like that as you were trying to record. Um, and so you, you definitely started learning some more techniques. And so maybe what are some of those techniques that you started to learn um, while you're recording in that kind of situation that have helped you to be able to do that? <laughs> Big question. No, and I, I appreciate, I, you know, I appreciate your compliment. You know, it's the one piece of equipment that I could probably not live without other than my microphone is my recorder. 
And there are many different types of recorders out there. I, I happen to use a, a, a Zoom H5 recorder. Mm-hmm. And it serves not only as a great backup recorder, which has saved me during two episodes, right? Because the amount of memory that an audio file takes is huge. So I learned that the hard way when my computer crashed and the interview kept going. And thankfully, I, I had the backup recorder, so it saved the uh, the episode. But also when you're, it does bring a completely different dynamic when you are able to interview them in person. And the reason that I went that, that route, and I don't interview everyone in person now, I've done, I've, I've now since done several over Skype, but just figuring out Skype, Josh, and getting the audio to sound the way that I want it to sound, uh, because Skype came in very, very quiet was so frustrating to me. I tried every different configuration. I was up late, you know, 12, 31 o'clock in the morning, just doing tests, trying to figure out how to get Skype to sound right. You make it sound so easy. You, you dial up Skype, what's there to, you know, you can either have a Skype recorder or you, but getting that to communicate with my other software, I use Adobe Audition, the two were not syncing. And so I was forced to use my backup recorder. And that's how I record most of my interviews as I was trying to figure out that process. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would, you know, my one recommendation that I would give other than, you know, definitely doing your research and investing in a backup recorder is practice, practice, practice with your audio before you you know, you do your first interview if you're interested in getting into podcasting because it, there's no manual that says, here's exactly what you do. You kind of have to read all these forums to see what other people have done. And then um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but when I finally figured out Skype, it was, it was one of the happiest moments <laughs> uh, because of how much I had struggled with it. Yeah, I definitely understand that. And so I... I can't say that I had a whole lot of struggle with Skype, but I mean, I've had similar things to where it's like I'm trying to figure this out, and and yeah, I mean, there is such a um, a relief and excitement, um, and, and unfortunately, if we try to share that with other people, um, uh, maybe like like with my wife or or whatever, they're like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. and so. <laughs> It's, it's it's hard to be able to find someone to be able to uh, uh, share in that excitement of of that discovery that you made, and so, um, well, very good, very good. Yeah, and also, I just want to make sure that I you know that I fully answer your question, but it's it's very very important. You know, sound one of the things, and, and hopefully, I'll continue to improve. But the the less editing that you can do, the better. And that takes a lot of preparation in order to do that. And then also making sure that you have your settings right with whatever recording software that you're using, it goes back to that practice, 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 so that when you're doing the live interview, you're, you know, you're, at, you're at your optimum levels to get the best audio possible. Because the minute you start, I mean, they have amazing software that you can, you know, you can take noise out if there's a if you have some of that, they call it noise floor, right? You can kind of minimize that. But every you have to understand that every adjustment that you make will also affect your main audio. So you, you really want as optimum um, of settings before you begin 
which will greatly help in the editing process. And I'm sure you can attribute to that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so, um, as as the saying is, garbage in, garbage out. Correct. And so, and so, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that th- they just record and they're not thinking at all about the quality um, while they're recording. And then afterwards, they they hear all this junk that's going on, and then they're expecting to be able to, oh, well, we could just fix it and be able to make it all sound nice and at the end. Well, it doesn't always work that way. And so there's been several interviews that I've uh, done, not, not not me personally, but uh, working with um, some clients that the for some reason, the host was extremely quiet and the guest was loud. And so try to bring those together makes it really difficult to try to do that. And so if they would have been a little bit more conscious of how they were recording into it, they could have recorded their level properly instead of it being so quiet. And because when you take that stuff, that's so quiet to bring it up to where it's um, a good volume for hearing the voice, you're also bringing up the volume of all the background noise and then it distorts it. Um, even more and so it just makes it a whole lot more difficult to be able to work with because then you got to try to see if you can take out some of that background noise but when you do that then you affect the quality of the voice correct that's coming through and so so yeah so like you said i mean try to do what you can beforehand to do the practicing and then um, try to get the best quality recording going in and that makes it a whole lot easier than when you're looking at the post-production part of it yeah, it saves and 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 I'm really glad that you brought that up because it's that it's that post production that's so important, right? Number one is getting a good interview, but the second part is really kind of finishing that, you know, so that the the audio quality is what you would expect it to be, and it will make a huge difference in post production as as you're preparing the episode. Mm-hmm. So, um, as we kind of talked earlier about when you launched uh not too long ago just a couple of weeks ago in may um what was um the strategy i guess you could say that you had when you launched what was kind of the the steps that you took to be able to do that great question i this is where i wish that i had someone um almost as a as a podcast mentor if you will and this is almost the what not to do by brad clayton right but <laughs> um i my my overall strategy is number one i wanted i wanted a great website that i could put the podcast notes page on and i wanted to make sure that i was linking to all of the major social media networks and i'll get into that in a second and then the overall strategy was i wanted to build up a bank of interviews Okay, because my my show releases on every Monday and I wanted to have at least five interviews. So a whole month worth and, and you know, basically five weeks worth uh, set up. And I launched with and that's not including my own. So I actually launched with my own and then two other interviews. And that was John Lee Dumas strongly recommended that. And I'm very grateful for it because it it just kind of shows, you know, you've 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 done your homework. And I, wa- I also wanted to make sure that I had some interviews in reserve so that you're not scrambling to interview. Because p- 
people, you know, their schedules uh, will change. I, I've had that with several guests where we'll be set for a particular day or time and then suddenly it's like they can't do it and they have to postpone sometimes two or even three weeks. And you have to make sure that you have this bank of interviews set up so that, you know, you, the last thing you want to do is tell your audience, here's where I'm going. You know, I'm going to make sure that I launch every day and then suddenly you just come up blank. Um, I wanted to make sure that I was asking for a lot of reviews and ratings um, on iTunes and then as well as on Stitcher. And so that was a, that was a big part of that strategy. So I, I, you know, a combination of social media, getting the word out, friends and families, everyone that I could possibly reach, I was making sure to say, please listen to the podcast. And then I would also use the, um, the guests themselves to share with their own social media networks. And so far it's been work, you know, that strategy has been slow. My audience has been slowly growing and it's, you know, I'm, I'm just starting, but, um, I've, I've gotten a, a fair amount of downloads just in the past three weeks alone. And, and so it's like, okay, I just got to keep at it and keep going and keep delivering good content. So that's, that's the overall strategy, if you will. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of a lot of different, um, strategies for launching a podcast. And so, uh, it's just, it's just interesting to be able to hear the different things that people are doing and trying. And so, um, I'm, I tend to be one that I, I try to find find the rules so I can break them, and right. so <laughs> it's I don't always follow the prescribed things that people have put out there, um, and maybe I probably should because I, I I don't think I got the results that I could have gotten if I would have done a little bit better uh, with that, and so I'm actually going to be launching another podcast um, in the near future, and so I'm going to be employing um, a strategy from a friend that um or at least uh at least, at least to some extent and so um and part of that uh actually kind of leads me into the question i was going to ask you next um involves an email list and so did you before you launched your podcast did you try to build an email list at all i did i did and as a matter of fact i'm still working on that you know part of the part of the challenge josh is that i would venture to say that you know, most podcasters, when you first start out, you're doing it more so as a hobby. I mean, you listen to the success stories, right? And like, I'm, I'm going to go in and make all this money in podcasting. And that's not how it works out to be. It, it's, I think, um, you know, I sat down and wrote out who I wanted ultimately to interview. I wrote out who my ideal audience was. And then I started making a list of everyone um, that I knew of and also that I wanted to get to know over social media and, and not only specific individuals, but the types of individuals. And I started reaching out to them individually and that it's a slower strategy, but it has been working. And so is that how you started to build your email list? Correct. Okay. Uh, main, mainly through, mainly through social media, just uh, Twitter, especially. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that was something that in my previous podcast um, launches, I never really got, I never had a list um, before I launched. I would always launch and then say, okay, here, go to the website. You can sign up for the email list. And so <laughs> I, I did a little backwards. And for those. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah. So um, as we kind of start to get toward the wrap up here, is there, 
any other part of learning how to podcast. And so, I mean, that that's what this, um, this conversation is about. It's the whole learning process that we had to go to go through, excuse me, to be able to get into podcasting. So is there any of these other learning experiences that uh, you wanted to mention that maybe could help somebody else out? Absolutely. And, and so for this part, for this question, I want to speak directly to those of you who are either kind of mid-launch or just getting ready to launch. And you're probably wondering, how do I get my episode approved on iTunes and what, and what is that strategy? And so I'd, I'd like to address that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, first and foremost, um, I use Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, uh, strongly recommend them. And that's where, uh, that's where I upload my episode every week and you can schedule that to be launched. And one of the important things that you may not know is whatever recording software you use, if you use GarageBand, if you use Adobe Audition, I believe there's a, uh, it's not the Final Cut Pro, it's something similar. I can't remember, but mm. you know, most of you are going to use one of those, either GarageBand or Adobe Audition, I would, I would venture to say. There's also Audacity. Audacity, there you go. Yeah. Um, thank you. See, that's how new I am. <laughs> but once you have your different pieces, you know, your intro, your outro, your, your main interview, any, any other sound clips that you want to put in there, and you mix that down into an MP3, and you'll save that MP3, what you really want to do is get an ID3 editor. And they have free ones out there. Um, I, after doing some research, I spent $15. It's actually called ID3 Editor. And what that will do is you can upload your, your uh, logo or your podcast cover page to that. And you can also tag it. And so... Um, once you save your episode and you open your ID3 ad- editor and you attach all of that, all of that will then permanently be attached to that MP3 file. Okay. And then, and with iTunes, there's a, there, it, it doesn't happen immediately. Um, I think it took me about three days for my episode to be accepted and to actually go live. And I submitted, I just submitted my first one to iTunes. You'll be given, um, you know, an automated email, but that's where it's important to understand that there's there there's a timing issue. So I actually rele- I actually launched, <laughs> I sent my episode to iTunes pre-launch, made sure that I got approved by iTunes, and then got all of that ready. But that that's a three day process, and so you have and if and if you're doing it on a weekend, it might even be longer. So you you've got to factor that time period in. As you're getting ready to launch your episode, you you can't just go to iTunes if you know if today is Tuesday and say okay I want to launch today. It won't work that way. Your your episode might not be ready in iTunes until Thursday or Friday of this week. Just to give that example, so that's a that's a really really big piece of advice is make sure that you do the research with wherever you want to um, showcase your episode that you follow their you know their different processes so that you're completely ready. And a lot of that just going to take some pre-homework. Another thing that was also helpful, and I'm Josh, and you know, and and maybe you can follow up to this comment, but on on Libsyn, they don't have a standardized podcast cover size for everyone. Like iTunes requires 
uh, one size and then you have Stitcher that requires another and then you have to have, if you want your your logo or your cover to be shown on any smartphone device or iPad or anything like that, you have to have all of the different logo sizes. And, and so you've got to be prepared. I remember I spent an entire afternoon uh, doing my podcast cover in different in different sizes, and thankfully I had uh, the software to be able to do that. But um, I don't know how other people do that. I I went through and resized each one, and then uploaded that size into the directory, so that no matter what d- electronic device you're on, or however you're listening, my podcast cover is going to come up. And I wanted to, I wanted that to be consistent. I mean, it, wh- and so I guess I mean, did you find something similar with your own show? Yeah, with the I, hard way. <laughs> I, I, I think I think what I've what I do is um, a lot simpler. I, I basically just have one. Um, well, I have two sizes generally that I uh, work with, um, and then because with iTunes they have the recommend recommended size. I think is fourteen hundred by fourteen hundred. Correct. Yeah. Or, or or maybe it went up to sixteen hundred by sixteen hundred. Now, um, now that I think about, it, I think there was a recent change here a couple months ago. Uh, but anyway, um, and then at least the standard was um, 1400 by 1400 for your cover art. And then you could get it up to a maximum of 2048 by 2048. Correct. And so um, because they're trying to adapt for all the, I mean, all these different uh, mobile devices are getting such great screens on them. The resolution is so high. That if you have a smaller um, size of your cover art, it doesn't show up as well. Correct. So it, it can be all grainy and all that kind of stuff. And so if the the higher quality you have, the the, the bigger the file um, or the bigger the image, excuse me, um, the the better the quality will be when it shows on those devices. And so they're trying to get people to do that. And so uh, so what I've done for my from at least here the last year and a half i've tried switching all my stuff over to where i'm i'm at that about that 2000 mark by 2000 and that's what i have as my main um my main file um but but what one thing that i use is i set it up in my um wordpress um using uh the powerpress plugin um because there are certain settings in there where you can set the itunes cover art you can have just your regular rss cover art um and 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 just put it in there and then you don't have to worry about changing those and then all you have to worry about is the one that you attach to the mp3 file with the id3 editor right so um and so so i have the the large file as my main one that i have to be able to go out that way it makes itunes happy um, and then the other pod catchers can be able to utilize those. But then the one that I attach to my um, file, to, to my MP3 file, I have it at 300 um, by 300. Um, and the reason for that is usually when you're dealing with a mobile device, the the icon that your logo is going to show up as is pretty small, generally speaking. Um, plus... When the the bigger the uh, image that you put into the ID3 tags, you will be increasing the file size of the MP3 file. And so um, I like to be conscious of how how big my files are, because 
a lot of people have to watch their data plan. Right. And so I'm one of them. And so, and so I'm a lot more conscious of how much someone has to download to be able to listen to a file. Now, I, I mean, people can be smart and be able to download it beforehand whether on Wi-Fi or something like that, listen to it later um, if they want to. And so um, iTunes, um, the, the see, what is it? The, the podcast app um, on the iPhone and then also Stitcher. Uh, they both let you be able to download that easily um, when you're on Wi-Fi so you can be able to listen to it later and not have it affect your data plan. Um, but, but, but even still, uh, you want to be conscious of that. And so if you have a huge um, image file attached to your um, – to your audio file, it can just make the size just get so big unnecessarily. And so it's not the audio that's necessarily taking a big bulk. Then it's the image that's image. taking it. And so, yeah, so it's, uh, it's just kind of a learning process, um, with that. And so, but it sounds like you're doing just fine with that. And I don't know, maybe someday Lipson will come up with a way to where you can be able to just upload all your stuff to them. Um, maybe you just upload one size and then they just automatically generate the other sizes to be able to send out for the different podcatchers. Um, I don't know how easy or difficult that would be for them to be able to get that set up. But um, you're bringing back a lot of memories, <laughs> repressed <laughs> image memories. <laughs> well, and and for those you know for those listening right now, I think boy, you guys are getting really you know, really, really into the weeds is like, actually, no, it's just, it's one of those things that as you get ready to launch your podcast, just understand that there's, there's a lot of these little tiny details that you'll just go through, you'll be ready because you've already done so much and then you're, you're just going to be ready for them. But Josh, I mean, I spent forever. It's like, okay, you know, that Android needs this size and the iPhone five needs this size and iPhone six needs this size. And if we have the six plus, we've got to go up to that size. So I was like resizing every single image and uh, it'll scream at you if it's not the exact size. And so it, it took quite a while to, to kind of resize everything. And, and I did that though, to, to make sure that I don't have this big image file attached. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, yeah, I, it's bringing back memories. It, 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 those are things, those are the little tiny things. They're not tiny, tiny at the time, but they make a big difference if you can kind of just be ready for them as you launch. And then, what, and then after you launch, it's not, you know, it's already done. You don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just going to say that, yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of those details that there's, there's a lot up front, but then after you get it set, you don't have to worry about them, no. um, at, at least not very much. And then um, the things that you do have to worry about, uh, the more you do it, the easier it becomes and it's not as big of a deal when you get 10, 20 episodes in, uh, you start getting um, a little bit more used to the flow of being able to do that. Right. And so, so yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up and maybe there's uh, one last thing that you'd like to um, like to share. Um, maybe a piece of advice or another story of uh, a struggle that you had uh, that you'd like to share as we wrap it up. No, I, I appreciate just being being on the show. Um, you know, if you want to, if you want to check out uh, my podcast, it's entrepreneuruncovered.com. <laughs> and, uh, or that's my website, entrepreneuruncovered.com. Or you can also go to bradhclayton.com. Both will take you there. And, um, you know, if, if there's any, anyone out there listening that is brand new and say, how do I just figure this out? I can't promise that I'm going to know the answer, but because it's so fresh in my mind, 
I, I definitely uh, don't mind if if someone were to reach out to me and and uh, ask and say how did you how did you do this because a lot of times as you get going you just you don't remember as clearly but my email is brad at entrepreneuruncovered.com awesome well thank you for your time today brad definitely appreciate uh the insight that you were able to give from someone that's a newer podcaster um someone that's a lot closer to all these uh beginning struggles um and so that I, I I try to stay in touch with with that as much as I can um, as I've gone through this series, um, but but there's definitely things that I have forgotten about and I didn't really think about because it's it's kind of second nature to me now, so I don't think about it. So I appreciate you bringing those up and being able to share those, and uh, definitely uh, for you that are listening, I definitely would encourage you to go and listen to his podcast. And so um, it's not just another. Um, entrepreneurial entrepreneurial podcast um, that's out there. So he has a different format that he follows, and so it's a really cool way that he be able, uh, that he does that. So uh, definitely check that out. He really dives into the story of the guest and uh, what it's like really on a day to day basis for them and how they got started and and so it's really cool the way that uh, that goes. So definitely check that out. Entrepreneuruncovered.com. dot com.